AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Oh, I believe competition is critical, as you said, but the thing that we want to try to coach up is the idea of not looking over your shoulder, but moving forward to your future image, you know, moving forward to your space and how good can you be and how can you prepare and then letting the chips fall where they may relative to competition. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. My guest today is Joanne McCallie, highly decorated Division I basketball coach, author, mental health advocate, and sought-after speaker. The former women's basketball head coach at Duke University, Michigan State, and the University of Maine, Joanne is the first Division I coach to be named Conference Coach of the Year in four different conferences five times. Author of Choice Not Chance and Secret Warrior, Coach McCallie and I discuss the power of developing all members of the team into leaders, the importance of speaking openly about mental health, and why adverse moments are critical learning experiences for kids. I am really, really excited. Again, I have another just phenomenal guest. You know, she's certainly a legend and uh, particularly in basketball, but in many arenas. Former head basketball coach at several programs, most recently at Duke University, mental health advocate, and just all around stud. Coach P, Joanne McCauley. Coach P, thank you so much for hopping on. It's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, happy new year to everybody. All right. Well, listen, I got to ask you this. I got to start here, coach. And I think this is very interesting because you're the former head women's basketball coach at Duke University and come to find out your husband was teaching at the University of North Carolina. Now, I live in Wilmington and I'll sometimes, you know, drive by people's houses and they got the flag out, house divided. How the hell did you manage being married to a Tar Heel and you're coaching Duke? (laughs) Um, A very clever house divided that wasn't truly divided because one individual, namely my husband, uh, knew 
who he would cheer for. So academia is one thing, but athletics is a whole different thing, especially in this area. So let's just say he might have been a Tar Heel, but I must say he wore Duke hats, Duke shirts. Um, He understood the mission very clearly. He knew the assignment, and I love it, Coach. That's phenomenal. And, you know, where I'd love to start, you know, speaking of your background and, and being from Maine, I mean, you, your first head coaching job, if I'm not mistaken, was at the University of Maine. One thing I love to talk about with the listeners and kind of give them feedback is the difference in levels. A lot of people, a lot of young athletes will listen to this, and sports parents, they all want to find the way to help their kid get the quote-unquote secret sauce, you know, find their way on the recruiting platform and all that. Can you start real quick and talk about the differences between, for instance, University of Maine, or, uh, you know, non-Power 5 versus a Power 5 like Duke and just, you know, the levels and, and like what's changed from the time that you coached at Maine to when, you know, you um, retired uh, from Duke University just a couple of years ago? Oh, gosh, the game has changed so much overall. And I think the major differences in terms of, quote, a mid-major or power five, you're looking at size differentials. You know, point guard generally at a mid-major, you know, five, six, five, seven, five, eight. You know, you get to some of the power fives, you're looking at six foot two point guards. Um, So the game has grown a great deal. The positions and sizes are, you know, taller and stronger. And this is generally speaking. I mean, when we were at Maine, we beat Stanford. We beat Alabama. You know, we were able to be successful against some power fives. Um, but overall, I will say that's the size by position, the quickness that's on the floor. Um, those are critical elements. And, you know, the game has changed in terms of the three-point shot. That changed everything in terms of the dribble drive offense and what people are trying to do and I think we've gotten away from some really good stuff. I think we over dribble. I think that we don't always set great plays for the shooter that needs to get the ball at the time. But if I have a young person being recruited, I would say great grades, great person, great character. Um, I hope the passion is coming from the student athlete and not the parents. And then usually it shakes out because coaches are pretty good about recruiting the level that suits them. And I also caution young people to think about playing time. It's one thing to be on a team. It's another thing to be a contributor and to play. And so finding your role is pretty critical. I know you've authored several books, um, which I'd love to dig into here. One of them in particular, because you kind of just, you know, when you talk about playing time and and things of that nature, um, you're talking about, I believe, uh, and I won't put words in your mouth, but first thing I think of when it comes to playing time is competing. You know, like, and it's not just on the court or in the, on the baseball field or wrestling mat, whatever the sport of the, you know, the day is, it's, it's earning it. And I think it's so important. I try to touch on it. You earn that starting position or you earn that playing time in the classroom as well. You earn it in the weight room. You earn it in all these different ways. And one of your books, I believe, and I think it's your motto, correct me if I'm wrong, if I butcher it here, but choice over chance. And I think you talk about competing. Why is the, what, what is it about competitiveness and how can that be such a separator, you know, in life? Well, it's, you know, yes, thank you. It's choice, not chance, rules for building a fierce competitor. So that was my first book. And I think that competition and being a fierce competitor is really more of a fluid thing. Um, Everyone's getting better. You know, you want to get better and grow and everyone else around you is generally getting better. And so there are no guarantees. Someone who's a starter as a freshman, that doesn't mean they're going to start as a sophomore. Um, You have to welcome the competitive cauldron, I like to call it, which is with no promises. 
you know, yes, you, you read about people and being competitors and on the court for four years in a row and all this great stuff. But each year there's new recruiting classes. Each year there are new dynamics. And you have to be a competitor. You have to be fierce, meaning you'll work hard for getting yourself ready and details and all the things it takes. And then you have to be a little fluid with it. Uh, things change and coaches change and situations change. And if you can't adapt, uh, then you're going to struggle to be that fierce competitor. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, I was fortunate to play for North Carolina Wesleyan, a D3 college. But at the time we we had won a national championship. You know, we were one of the best programs in the country. I, I got to tell you, our teams were better when the starter or the All-American was kind of worried if the guy they were going to recruit in was going to potentially take playing time away from it. I mean, if you want to win or be a part of a winning team, don't you kind of always have to have that sense of urgency, like making sure that no one's going to come in and take your job? And doesn't that bring the best and, and raise the whole level of play of the team? Oh, I believe competition is critical, as you said. But the thing that we want to try to coach up is the idea of not looking over your shoulder, but moving forward to your future image, you know, moving forward to your space and how good can you be and how can you prepare and then letting the chips fall where they may relative to competition. I've seen I've seen players sort of, you know, get comfortable and look over their shoulder. Oh, they're bringing in so-and-so or so-and-so. And I've seen that. And it's really, it comes from a negative space of energy mm-hmm. where you're kind of looking behind you, like who's going to catch me, you know, kind of thing. And I, I really try to coach people out of that concept, you know, to be the best you that you can be. And how does that come about? Where is your focus? And welcoming competition is all a part of that. Uh, so it takes some training um, to have the right mindset. and. Um, I think that's what makes sports so special. I mean, obviously, we're we're depending on, you know, who you speak to or whatever, but clearly we are further away from, you know, the pandemic than we are, um, you know, in the trenches, right, in the 2020 and such. And I feel like prior to that, and I know I've talked to you about this a little bit off the air, my partner in, in Reform Sports Project is, is Octagon, in particular, the Octagon Olympics in Action Sports Division uh, headquartered in Maine. And Peter Carlisle and his staff are really helping move Reform Sports Project and, and helping the growth. And, and he represents Michael Phelps. He's Michael Phelps's agent. Um, Michael Phelps, huge mental health advocate. And prior to us partnering, Peter and Michael executive produced an HBO released documentary or movie per se is The Weight of Gold. You may have seen it. The Weight of Gold where it highlighted several different Olympians journeys and really talking about exactly that, the weight of gold and the mental the toll that it takes on these athletes, you know, pursuing their passion or whatever. And, and the ramifications in, in many ways are negative. So through that, and then of course you had the pandemic, it seems like there's been a light. You had athletes like, you know, Kevin Love, of course, Michael Phelps, Simone Biles and others talking about mental health. I know you have a background in that and you, you're an advocate. Can you talk about why you know, it's important for, or, or if you believe it's important for, in particular, the youth or just amateur space for parents and coaches to be aware of mental health and what are some things they can look for that may be, you know, you know, flashing lights that they got to take an active interest in? Yeah, it's, it's so key for everyone. And I think the part that gets missed here is that, again, you're looking for your best self. And when there's an imbalance in life, anxiety, depression, maybe brain chemical imbalance. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 30. That's 27 years ago. You know, I wrote Secret Warrior as a chance to share that journey. But yet it's just a part of me. It's not me. It's not all of me. And 
I was thrilled to be able to coach for years and years um, successfully with just great success and relationships and so many good things because I was properly diagnosed and cared for. And so I think the thing that young people, parents, everyone needs to understand is there's a journey to get to a special place. And within that journey are ups, downs, trials, and difficulties. And if you try to sidestep them, either through ignorance or through denial, then all you're going to do is subvert the process of greatness. You're just going to cut it off. It's not going to be possible. And I think that, yes, kids have great anxiety. I've seen it. Many kids have what I call so much regret because they look back and they see two years of their college gone or high school and they want to get it back and they can't. And so trying to let people know that this is what makes you and this is how you go from here. Um, but the physical component matched with the mental component, good old fashioned brain health, you know, goes a long way. And of course, the Olympians are at the highest level and they've got to drop into their process even deeper. And I think that the problem I see at that level is the amount of distractions. You know, social media, the amount of distractions, what's going on, it's gotten so big that that's also interrupted the flow of how people develop. And so that's something to think about. And I know as a head coach, I've seen firsthand when phones were picked up and pulled away and put away for a weekend, you know, going all the way to the Sweet 16 easily in the most connected way possibly, Elite Eights, Final Fours national championship game you know those are just small microcosms to draw from but focus is a real thing and you've got to fight harder for it and i guess that's kind of a long answer but it's all these things are all interrelated what you just said right there focus i've talked to several performance coaches who talk a lot about and they do mental training and and they work with youth athletes uh, all the way up to the professional ranks and um you know they talk a lot about being present and in the moment um, and, and they said that that takes work and it kind of, as you were describing, you know, the distractions, it made me think like, I mean, I was just thinking about my own self. Yeah. I have to, I have to, I'm 43 years old. I think I'm 43. Yeah. I think I'm turning forty. I don't know. I, I got to tell you, once I turn like 40, I don't even, I, I just kind of forget. Um, wait till you turn 50. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> I've, I've heard and all everything that I've heard growing up, like once you get to 40, watch out your body. I mean, it's all true. So uh, yeah, I'm sure I got a lot to look forward to, but to go back to the point the the part about being present and less distracted, it does take work. And I'm, like I said, 43 can only imagine being 16, 15, 14, 12, 11, 18, whatever it is, how challenging that would be. Is, is that something that like, what can parents do? It's easy to say, take your phone away, limit that. But what are some real things that you think that parents can do to take an active interest to to really kind of wrap their arms around, you know, not putting your kid in a bubble, but allowing them to, you know, helping them stay reined in? Well, I think it's, first of all, you don't want to be punitive, right? It, you know, I'm taking your phone away because you did a bad thing or whatever. You You want to lead by example. You want to have a household where phone time for everybody, adults, as well as kids, is, is, is put down in a way and in a time to connect. And you do want to show what a bubble is, what a positive bubble is, because there's no question there's there's the in and out of the bubble. OK, but you want to be able to make that choice um, and and be able to control your environment, your friends, mm -hmm. you know what you do and, and be in a positive space about it. And so it does take a lot of work because it takes a lot of human connection amongst families, one-on-one -on -one talking, face-to-face -face talking, taking walks outside, doing things together, 
all of that is critical to being able to get a sort of a plan about how we'll manage this because you know young people need to know that you know what's happened with technology there's some really really good things about it really positive and we've got to pull those in and recognize what they are and then talk about what the negative are and sort of weigh them um, when I do my consulting work when I work with people high school college you know teams whomever I often draw with them you know get visuals quickly on the table there and what does this look like you know let's draw this in, in, in terms of shapes and sizes and let's look at how this is affecting your life and I think that you know being able to see it and, and so you can have true action about it you know staying in the moment that's such a cliche You've got to stay in the moment what does that mean what choices do you have to make to stay in the moment and you know your passion what is your passion identify your passion is it coming from you or do you want to play the violin and your dad wants you to play soccer mm -hmm. you know there's there's so much clutter to sort through and one of my favorite um sayings is remove the clutter remove the clutter in your life and you've got to sort through that parents have to do the same thing and unfortunately parents have figured out that scholarships are available and so I see kids overplaying or not passionate because their parents want them to get a scholarship, which I can understand. College is really expensive, but it's kind of tough if a young person is not sort of going after their passion. When we return, Coach McCallie and I discuss her leadership philosophy and the importance of prioritizing teaching moments for kids. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Where we left off, Joanne and I were about to talk about leadership development and how family dynamics impact the college recruiting process. Man, that is, find your passion, right? I mean, it's a challenging thing. Uh, I, have, I have six kids and um, my oldest is, is a senior. I have a senior, junior, sophomore, and then a third grader, kindergartner, and then a pre-K. Um <laughs> So I'm all over the place, but yeah, I mean, I, you're absolutely right. And, and each one is different. Each one has a different passion. And, you know, and I, I feel like we did a good job of trying to, we're obviously still trying to do that, giving them a buffet of opportunities and trying to allow them to feed their passion. And one thing I've noticed, and I kind of want to, 
I don't want to say shift gears. I think it all ties in. And uh, this is a question I never asked anybody. People often say leaders are born. You know, I know when I was 10, 9, 8, or particularly when I was like a sophomore, junior in high school, I didn't like to lead. I was insecure. I did, but then when I became a senior, I felt like I was the man, you know, really confident. And then that happened again my junior year in college. Um, I feel like I've, I developed into a leader. You know, what are your thoughts on leaders are born, not made? Um, do you think you can develop kids into great leaders? I think that I always have in my coaching, uh, captainships are overrated. I know they look good on a resume. You know, so-and-so is a captain of a championship team. I think that's great for that person. But I've always taught my teams, all 28 of them, that everyone on the team can lead. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone can contribute. And oftentimes you could play the Ted Lasso box thing and ask each person on the team how they think they can lead and just put it in the box, not even with a name on it. Some people lead verbally, some by action. Some people are smarter than others. Uh, Some people are more empathetic. You know, I can support my teammates. I can pick them up. But the culture that I believe needs to be created in any team situation or family situation is that everyone can lead and age is not a determining factor. It's a willingness. And some people are more natural leaders because they sort of fit the mold of what a leader is. Maybe they're very vocal. Maybe they work very hard. So they're maybe one of those natural born leaders. But leadership to me is a developed thing. And with the right leadership, others develop around you. Some that never looked at themselves quite as a leader, but then figured out very quickly that they can offer something. And everyone can offer at all ages and experiences, something could be offered. And often if you talk to the last person on the bench on a team and ask for their assessment, it's better than anyone's assessment of what's going on or what's happening. So I, I think we shortchange ourselves with that sort of, you know, born to lead and this is a born leader and, you know, all that kind of language. I, I'm not sure that's really applicable now. And I don't think that's the best way to go. When do you think that the emphasis should be like if you're obviously you're a parent, but let's say you're you're me, right? You still had uh you know seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year old, whatever it is, right? Younger youth youth athlete, you know, really young kids. When do you think the emphasis, if you're the parent, should be put on winning at the youth level? I think again, it's kind of the nature of how it's you know how the leadership and how it's portrayed. I think competing is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the word competing is the best word. We're going to compete. And yes, there are winners and losers by looking at the score. But how are we all winning today by competing? And if my team gets zero goals and your team gets one, there's that time to shake hands, congratulate, show a sense of sportsmanship, and then get right back at it. And so I think this whole idea of trying to pretend in some arenas that winning doesn't matter or let's give everyone a trophy. All it does is kids are smarter than that. Sure. All that does is knock at their self-esteem because their view is why don't these adults believe in us? Why don't, you know, it's a subconscious thing. Why don't these adults know that we know that we lost the game? (laughs) They got two goals. We got no goals. And so if you take away those adverse moments, those are the most critical learning moments of any time in anyone's life. Sure. 
So if you remove them, oh, we're just going to make you feel better. And actually, we just had a good day today and nobody lost and nobody won. And, you know, all these kind of ridiculous assertions. It, it's that's To me, it's taking away from the learning. And when you take away from the learning, when you try to manipulate, that is wrong. And, and people manipulate in life. They manipulate relationships. They manipulate here or there. But if we're teaching manipulation to young people, at some point, someone's got to say that that's the worst thing that could come from trying to make everything equitable. I'll tell you what, Coach, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And, you know, as far as performance, and I think you nailed it, and I, and I agree with you, the word competing, right? Because outcomes, the kids know what the darn so I'm coaching my kids' basketball team, and it's, you know, they're five years old, and, you know, oh, look at the score, Dad. Look at where we're down. Like, they're keeping track of it. But I think as youth coaches, I think it's important for us not to try to win at all costs, right? Not to try to win, uh, to sacrifice a, a young man or woman, young child's development, um, to not, you know, uh, put a kid in a position. You get the tallest young lady uh, on my daughter's team, hypothetically, and I'm just going to put her, you know, give her the ball all the time. And we, you know, at seven years old and we kill everybody and win every game like that's not helping anybody. It's not helping the girls, not helping anyone else. So like I always try to, cause people will say winning you know, or losing doesn't matter. At all. And I agree, but there's a scoreboard on, and I think you need to coach to that. And I think you teach, this is for me, you know, through competition, you know, but to make pretend that outcomes don't happen. Kids, I think you're absolutely right. Kids are way smarter. Kids are way smarter than that. And they're going to be like, yeah, we did lose yeah. 10. We did lose yeah. 10, nothing. Well, I got to interject a little something there. Um, there's something called the no scoreboard mentality, right? And it's to, it's jumping into the process and making the scoreboard irrelevant. And this is what I mean by that. Okay, so you got a basketball team. Your team is down 20 points and the other team is pressing and the game is really aggressive and they're continuing to play hard and they're pressing and your team is trying to do the best to break the press. Okay, a lot of people are going to judge that. And say, wow, that person shouldn't be pressing a 20-point lead. That's, you know, ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a lot of ways to communicate reality in that regard. If you take your team, and let's say I'm coaching the team that's down 20, and I pull them over and say, look, this is just what we need. We need to get better. Let's take our time. Let's do our best. Let's pass that ball. Let's get up the floor. And this is exactly what we need to get better. Those young kids are going to look at me and say, yeah. This is what we need to get better. Mm. So it goes back to the leadership. Let's say the other team, all they do is press. They press all year. That's just what they do. They just press. Well, then they're giving us the ultimate respect by doing what they do, and we've got to work through it. You know, it's better to have multiple timeouts. It's better to loosen up on some of those things so I can call timeout again and say, you guys, we got this. We got this. Let's try again. But that's kind of an extreme example because I know a lot of people in youth sports will kind of recognize that pressing down 20 they might work on some other defense than that but i'm trying to give you an extreme example of what could be viewed as very unsportsmanlike but also more importantly can be talked about in a different way with the kids and i don't like my kids looking at the scoreboard if we're down 10 i don't want i want to focus on what we're doing because the scoreboard will take care of itself and if it doesn't so be it but again it's getting kids to pass the ball it's getting kids to work together. It's getting kids to find the open person. It's all these teaching things and getting them right into that moment. But I'm afraid a lot of external forces don't let good teaching happen. 
because there's judgment, there's parents, there's issues, there's complaints, you know, there's people trying to protect, don't want to hurt feelings. And, and I think the kids can learn, you know, you're not hurting their feelings when you're respecting them and the coach is under control. Coach, what you just described right there, I mean, clearly, I mean, I, it sounds to me like you're an optimist and I love, you kind of got me fired up right there because, because and I love, I love it because it's like control the controllables, right? Like, like the team's pressing us. If I wanted to, I can react and get angry. Get pit- Like you can say what you want and I can feel how I feel about that. I can't control how I feel, but I can control how I react to that. So now I'm taking that circumstance that someone, you know, pressing me down 20 again, using your uh, extreme example. And I could turn that into, well, this sucks or whatever. It's not fair. And my kids can feed off that, or I can use that as a great teaching moment. I think that in and of itself, oftentimes is what's lost today in particular by a lot of, and I'm not trying to finger put by parents, but at times my parents, you know, if your kids not get not getting playing time or whatever the case is, like what a great opportunity to allow my kid to experience a little struggle and a little adversity, um, which is ultimately, as you described, gonna gonna make them better in the long run. But it's hard to have that long term perspective. I feel like at times everyone wants instant gratification. I want to wrap up here in a few, but I got to ask you this: When you were coaching, when Coach P was at in the fight, which wasn't that long ago, when I mean in the fight, you know, on the sidelines or on the recruiting trail, if you had a situation where a parent would prevent you, a kid you really liked, maybe want to come have come play for you but you just don't want to deal with a parent. Can that, and had that ever happened to you? And you don't have to obviously give any names. Well, actually the reverse has happened more so, and what you explained probably should have happened more. And what I mean by that, I've recruited some wonderful student-athletes in my day with some very bad parents. And the student-athlete actually, you know, really kind of got away from what the parent was teaching it cost me. It cost me in a lot of different ways as a coach to take those risks. But I love the kids, you know, and, and so I never wanted to be the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, but sometimes it does. And so I was had a few situations where bad parents, but actually pretty darn good kid, but bad parents came back into the fold during the career which was hard for the kid and hard for the staff or whatever. So, you know, I, I do think in recruiting, everyone looks closely at family. Everyone looks closely at dynamics and tries to make the best decision uh, to my fault, meaning and I don't know if it's a fault or I had an empathic nature to me that I was driven to be working with kids that motivated me despite the parents, but the parents didn't go away. You know, so in retrospect, as I reflect back on my career, I would say I probably should have made some wiser choices just for the, you know, the health of my staff, myself and others, maybe. Um, But it's really hard to turn away a special young person um, because you know that it's not their fault. I can only imagine. Coach, we're going to do this again. I love the I love the energy. Where can we find you? I know you got several books. Where can they find your content? How can people hire you to come speak? Where where do they got to go? Okay. Um, Well, I do lots of different things, but you can find me at Coach P, the number four, because I'm a final four coach. So Coach P for life at gmail.com. And I'm on all all social, you know, um, 
LinkedIn is my favorite. You've got Twitter and Insta as well as I still love Facebook. But but anyway, for my friends who are on Facebook, the point being is it's Coach P for Life at gmail.com. And I speak, gosh, to all levels, all students, athletes, uh, adults, corporate, you name it, from physical, mental health, brain health to motivation, coaching. It's a whole lot of things. And I feel very, very fortunate to have the opportunity. Coach P, I love your juice, your success on and off the floor speaks for itself. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing. I'm truly humbled. Well, thank you so much, Jake, and enjoy your beautiful family. Six children. Holy cow. That's that's impressive. Holy cow. Thank you. Holy cow. Says I, I need all the holy cows. And sometimes I take the cow part out and, and put in some explicit to myself because I'm overwhelmed. But Hey, that, that's all right. What are you going to do? You just survive in advance, right? Like the, like the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. And it takes six games to get to a national championship. So I think you're a championship household. <laughs> Thank you, coach. I appreciate you. That's Joanne McCallie, one of the most decorated Division I college basketball coaches in the country. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.